podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of In That Number. Got another treat for you this week. We have another guest for you. We welcome Greg Kaplan, co-host of Blue Shirts Breakaway, to join me and the Moscomish. Together, we'll break down yesterday's dynamic display against Wolves as we edge even closer to safety. We can now almost start to prepare for another season in the Premier League. We'll preview next, Wednesday, uh, next weekend's away trip at St James's Park. We'll talk Ralph Kruger and our usual predictions, fantasy football and all the other junk that we talk about. I'm your, co-ho- I'm your host, Ray Hunt. Follow me on, on Twitter at RayHunt84. You can follow my co-host at Moscow Mush. Follow the show on at Number Podcast. Any questions, send us an email on inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram on inthatnumberpodcast. Our guest today, Greg, uh, follow him on at Blue Shirts Break. Definitely worth a follow. And make sure you check out his podcast as well, Blue Shirts Breakaway. Right, now that's out of the way, let me bring them in. The Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton, and the special guest, Greg Kaplan. Hello, guys. You all right? Hello. Hey, what's going on, Ray? Yeah, good. How are you doing? Good man, I should, I, I should clarify before we get any further, Blue Shirts is a hockey reference, this is no way a soccer reference, I hope, <laughs> the last thing we need is to start a fight with Reds and Blues this early in the morning, so. That is, that is a good point, I should have clarified that, I'm sorry. But you're good man, you're good. Say thanks for, for coming on, I know, you know how busy you are, um, and you're calling from Coho's in New York as well, so it's the second stateside we've had on as many weeks, um, and you had a busy night last night I hear. It, it, was, it was a busy night, we had a little podcast event, so we got a... Uh, we got a little booze in us, and we had some fun with some of our listeners, some of our friends who do a, a New York Knicks podcast as well. It was a good night, man. Feeling shockingly good this morning, I won't lie to you. That is good. Yeah, I was, I was worrying, not worrying, I was um, wondering whether you were going to be hungover or not. <laughs> uh, I, I turned 30 on Thursday, so maybe hangovers are a thing of the past. One could over. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Big birthday celebrations. Two for wow. Happy birthday, most. Yeah, happy uh, birthday. Appreciate it both. Um, right, okay, so I just want to hear about, um, well, last night in general, how did that go? Did you actually record last night? <laughs> no, we didn't record. Um, we, kept it, we kept it just live. That way, that's things to worry about. I know we've recorded live events in the past, but uh, I don't know. We were yeah. trying, to think of, trying to think of ways to get more people to come, so we did the carrot out there being like, hey, the only time you can hear it is if you're actually there. Um, but it was, it was good, man. It Stuff like that's always fun. Just yeah, it sucks for me though. <laughs> we have a shocking number of listeners abroad. It's insane. Doesn't make any sense to me. No, it's a great show. Um, can you um, you know, tell us about your uh, your show? Sure. Sure. So my buddy Ryan and I started a New York Rangers hockey podcast about just over three years ago. Um, we kind of realized, well, Ryan more so than me realized that uh, they're just didn't seem to be a big market for specific team podcasts with hockey. And we sure couldn't find one of our own. So we kind of made the decision to start one. Um, we've been going every Monday for the last three years. And the little community we've built along the way is just insane to me. But, you know, you start you start talking about a specific team, something that maybe is a little underserved, on a national level, and you, you start picking up a little, a little bit of a following, and you get people interacting with you. You start thinking of 
a team you follow in a different way because people ask you questions, challenge you in a different way. It's a good time. It, it's made following the Rangers very different for me. It and certainly has for me as well because, like, being over here, it's so di- I mean, the NHL's got no coverage whatsoever. Um, well, unless you, unless you pay. But, um, I mean, I play, for, I play for a channel called Premier Sports over here, mm. which is... And we just get, like, spoon-fed all the uh, Penguins matches. Um, <laughs> oh, and, or just anyone who's, who's doing well. Um, so, yeah, I had a period where I was just absolutely hating the Penguins because it was all they had. And then they won two cups in a row, obviously. And, yeah, it's just, I couldn't... I mean, it was just five-minute highlights. That's all I could, all I could find. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking for podcasts, and I come across about three or four that um, that weren't weren't great. And then obviously I found Blue Shirts Breakaway, and I yeah yeah I just listen to it every week. It's amazing. It's a fun time, but hockey in England is probably no different than soccer here in the states. I can't go a weekend without seeing Manchester United on TV. It's not exactly <laughs> the greatest thing in the world. Oh, that's nothing wrong with that. I like Man United. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're they're the Yankees of soccer over here yeah. in the U.S. So everyone who has seen a soccer ball in their life will say they're a Manchester United fan, and that's not fun for me. That's it's just boring. <laughs> um, and I hear you're from you're from Coho's in New York, right? So that's like upper state. Like, is it near Albany? Yeah, it's basically it's like a stone's throw from Albany. It's basically uh, what us New Yorkers call the capital region, um, which is Albany, Coho's, Troy. It's like a group of five cities all close together, um, but it's basically the greater Albany area. Ah. So, if you want to go and see a Rangers or a Knicks game, that I hear that journey is a pretty, pretty lengthy one. Um, it is. I mean, if you wanted just to drive straight into the city, it's about two hours, 45 minutes. Uh, why you would ever want to drive into New York City, though, is beyond me. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to do it. Um, so, what I do is I drive about an hour and a half south uh, to get to this town called Poughkeepsie, where I catch a train, and then from there it's just sitting on a train, letting things happen. The train ride from uh, Poughkeepsie to New York City, probably the same distance as a train ride from Southampton to London, to give you... Uh, wow. It's, it's, I think people don't realize how big New York is. Oh, it's massive. State. It's massive. Yeah, it's, it must be. Yeah, I can understand. Like, I mean, how often do you go to Ranger games? Uh, I would say fairly often. Um, I'm in this, I come down to the city probably twice a month and just spend a weekend in the city. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I got, I got a bunch of friends down here. There's a lot, I don't know if you know this, there's a lot to do in New York City. Uh, <laughs> between in the winter, there's hockey and basketball in the spring and summer. More baseball than you could ever do anything with. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun hang. It's not that expensive to get here from where I am. Uh, from where I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah flying, flying to the States, man. Uh, they got to fix how it works. When I was over in Europe, our flight from Amsterdam to London was a joke. And then anything, it, if I wanted to fly to Vegas from New York, I think I'm, I'm not spending anything less than $600, and it's insane. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. I, mean, I couldn't, yeah. That's too much. Wow. Um, Soccer in the U.S. I mean, mm. must be it's taken off a lot in the last few years. Um, how easy is it to like catch Premier League matches? I mean, have you got like an option to watch every single live game? Yeah. Um, so NBC Sports is who bought the Premier League package for us, and ever since they did that, soccer's just blown up because um, it's wonderful waking up on a Saturday morning knowing that 
for 38 weekends out of the year, you're going to have three soccer games on on Saturday and probably two on Sunday. Uh, and then we, we also get the midweek match, which is sure. Monday or Tuesday. Um, it's great. Do you get um, Champions League as well? We do. Uh, Champions League has a deal with Turner Sports. So, okay. But the problem with Champions League, with, with NBC Sports Package, they've actually built a soccer channel. So if you wanted to spend $20 a month, you get every Premier League game. Because um, yeah. usually they'll just put on, like, the marquee game for each matchup. Like today, we got Man City, Crystal Palace on now. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get the um, 12-30 game after that. Yes, but, Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah yesterday, yesterday we actually lucked out because uh, as the season gets to an end, they actually put more games on different shows. So Southampton was actually on yesterday on CNBC, and we got to oh, watch nice. that game. Um, but unlike the Champions League, they just they basically give you whichever big name English club is playing and whoever they're playing. It, it we don't really get a choice of what Champions League game we watch. So like, I don't think we've seen Porto at all this year. Uh, I don't think we saw Roma at all this year. We've basically seen a lot of Tottenham and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, not complaining. They've been good games. Uh, yeah. Even the Manchester United games, I shit on them earlier, but those, <laughs> that the uh, PA game was a lot of fun to watch. Incredible, yeah. Uh, so I guess like 10 o'clock in the main kickoffs for you. Yeah, um, the Saturday early games are tough because it's usually like 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. uh, so if, if your team is playing at 7 a.m., it's a little brutal. But... Most most of the games kick off right at 10, and that is, you know, you're just making breakfast, you're sitting down on the couch, you don't necessarily, <laughs> maybe, maybe not if you're at 10 a.m., but uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good hang having soccer on that early, because it, it just beats the crap out of watching, like, sport highlight shows. Those are yeah. falling by the wayside in the States. Do you mind me asking, uh, how did you become a Saints fan? What got you into the team? Oh, but uh, much you're, you're, you're gonna you're not. You're, I don't know if you're gonna enjoy this one. If you're gonna think I'm a, a lunatic, maybe a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> so when NBC Sports bought the Premier League, that that was where I decided to get into the Premier League. Um, and the team I latched onto was actually Queens Park Rangers because I some about them I can't tell you. I just like the jerseys for the most part. But it was the year that Charlie Austin also scored like 17 goals. So when QPR went down. I told myself, all right, whoever buys Charlie Austin, I'm going to go all in on. I'm going to keep following my dude. I'm going to see what happens. Uh, and for the, for the longest time, it looked like Charlie was going to go to West Ham. So I started to follow West Ham, and it was the year they had Payette doing special things. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, was, I was enjoying it. But then Austin, in the January window, got sold to Southampton. So I, I went all in, jumped in. I have a buddy uh, who actually is a Southampton fan. So it became a pretty easy transition, uh, and been been a Saints fan ever since then. Got my proper Charlie Austin jersey when I went over overseas this year. I, I will stick with Southampton when Charlie eventually leaves this summer, though. I will say that. Yeah, that's oh, what good. I was, was going to ask you that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, like no, Charlie I'm, Austin guys. Yeah, yeah I'm 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 all the way in now. Uh, so with or without Charlie, uh, Hassan Hoodle has won my heart, and I will be a Saints fan through and through. Amazing. Um, and also, wait, you know, Charlie Austin scored on his debut against Man United as well. So, <laughs> Yeah. He, I, I'm not saying he's the greatest footballer ever, but, you know, top five maybe? Top, top ten? <laughs> I, lo- I, I love him. I love him. Nah, he's great. Uh, what, what match did you manage to catch when you were over? Oh, uh, Ray was nice enough to take me to Arsenal Southampton at St. Mary's. 
I don't know if you know how that game went. It was pretty nice. <laughs> uh, I hear it was quite special, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Actually, yeah, I was going to ask you about your whole trip to Europe in general, um, and then your, your, your trip, I think you went, went to Amsterdam, London, and then it culminated in the, uh, the trip to St. Mary's to watch the Arsenal game. Yeah, um, it's funny because we're probably the only group of Americans who planned an entire trip around the fact that we need to get to Southampton at some point in time. Uh, we did all the touristy stuff in Amsterdam, whatever you think of stereotypical American with a drinking and drug problem would do in Amsterdam. Um, that it was, it was a great time. I love every, loved every second of it. The fact that we didn't wake up any day before four o'clock in the afternoon, notwithstanding, um, the underrated part of the entire trip, it's hard to top the Southampton Arsenal game just from how crazy it was, but we did, uh, we did the darts championships the Friday we were in London that was insane. Oh, that was wow. probably before top five sporting event of my entire life. It was it was nuts. It was Oktoberfest with darts and drunk English people. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's something that I've never done. You should hope for. Yeah. yeah. I something. cannot recommend. I cannot recommend darts more highly. It was it was an awesome day. Yeah, it's something that we're we're planning on doing. Not me and you, Kev, but well, well you should anyway. If you're, a, hey, why don't I? Like, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I love it. Do they like darts in in Russia? Um, oh, there's a few pubs right here that have got them, but no, I mean not to that sort of professional degree. No. No, I mean it'll be good. It would definitely be something that I, uh, you know, that I want to do. Even if I just saw a Premier League game, it would be brilliant. But to see the World Championships as well would be special. Couldn't couldn't recommend it more highly. It was insane from start to finish. We we got out of there. And, I think around four in the afternoon, just completely off our asses and off our faces, <laughs> and it was, just, it was incredible, absolutely incredible. And then it was the next day, wasn't it, that you um you met us? Yeah, yeah, you met you you had the pleasure of taking about eight extremely hungover Americans <laughs> out for dinner before the Southampton game. We we rallied hard for Southampton though. Oh yeah, we kept was, strong I, for the game. I wasn't expecting them to be like in in like any fit state to walk to the stadium from where they were staying but no it was brilliant and then you know they were drinking that night as well because they said to me when, I, when, when we first met them um, you know you, you're not going to be drinking much and, he, and they were like nah probably not and then got to the restaurant they were stinking them still so yeah it was <laughs> well you, you just kept putting them in front of us and we didn't want to be rude <laughs> and Simon was there as well okay. <laughs> Simon come out and met them um Actually, you're, right. you're going to Amsterdam, aren't you, for Simon Stag, do I am. I'm going to have to pick up some tips off you, but I'm off air, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have the name of a couple locations that might be fun for you. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> we'll keep that from Simon, then. Um, and like, since you've left Southampton as well, the team's got better and better. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying we're the reason why we might avoid relegation, but at the same time, uh, they hadn't won a game at St. Mary's before we got there. Yeah, so exactly. Saying. And they scored three, and yesterday, they scored three. So, you know. Yeah, I'm just going to start getting phone calls from you guys every weekend just yeah. to see what's going on, see what's up, just to make sure the Southampton's winning. <laughs> Can't do it. Well, there's another uncanny connection as well that we'll get on to in a minute. Just uh, um, the, the one time we get um, a hockey podcaster on uh, from the States... Our man Ralph Kruger uh, manages to depart. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's the most 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 uncanny timing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, before we get into the the news and and Kruger, um, I just want your opinions on 
on VAR, Greg. I know, I, I know where where Kev stands on this, but it's it's just always interesting to hear, you know, especially people from America because they use obviously a lot of video referees in in, in basketball, in, in American football, and and hockey. Um, what what are your views about VAR in in this game? I'm not the world's biggest fan of video replay just because the system itself tends to get a little bastardized regardless of how well intended it is. Uh, at the same time, I'm for VAR just to eliminate the egregious offenses. Like, even in yesterday's Southampton game, there was one chance from early on. I forgot who exactly had it, but he was a solid two feet offside in the box for – um, Wolves, and he obviously didn't get a good hit on it. Ball didn't go in. It didn't matter at the end of the day. But he was he was called to be played on side, and he just wasn't. And if that ball went in, it, I would have had a very hard time being able to swallow that. Yeah. So, for I I will I will hate VAR when we're talking. Is his toe an inch offside? Like that, I feel like isn't in the well-intended nature of the rule. But to eliminate the egregious calls, I, I think I think it's good. I, and it, the tough part for me is I, it's great for offsides because the human eye is only so trained. Yeah. It, it, it's very difficult um, when VAR comes into play for penalty reviews. I just it's feel objective, like... isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's a judgment call. So at the end of the day, I do think a penalty review should be the judgment of the official on the field. Um, and again, like in, in hockey, when it's a uh, gully appearance, they still don't get that right upon further review. Well, the, the part of the problem is nobody knows what the fuck goalie interference yeah, actually exactly, is. Yeah. Oh, somebody needs to actually write the rule, and then we yeah. finally start um, enforcing it. But, yeah, I, for offside calls, I'm all about VAR. I think it's necessary. I just I think you're asking too much for a line judge to be able to be right on the line and be able to judge it. Um, I, I'm, I'm conflicted on VAR for penalty reviews. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I understand all the complaints for and against. Uh, but when it comes to offside ruling, yeah, I, I just think you need VAR at this point in time. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely for, for offsides. But um, I, I don't know. I think penalties, I think it would be best. I think it's just, if, if for nothing, it just gives it, you know, second, third look. I mean, how many, actually, how many people, Kev, do you know this? How many people are actually reviewing VAR footage? Oh, God, I mean, because um, you, you, they normally announce, don't they, the referee and the linesman and the fourth official and everything, and for the World Cup, I mean, there are 20 officials um, listed in it, you know, someone's um, checking right, yeah. the goal line, 20 people editing the footage and reviewing it. It's a whole team of people. You know, they have a whole room, haven't they, in the, I did, in the World Cup, yeah. and actually saw it. I mean, I know you were actually at the World Cup, so you couldn't see this, but from my perspective, we could see what they were looking at. And like, in the NFL, you can't see that because they go under a hood. Uh, and you can't see what they're looking at, so you just have to trust them. But with football, I don't know. I think there should be some transparency with it. I think everyone should see in real time what the referee's been shown. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it easier for the fans that were actually there. I mean, as you said, like the most important people, the fans that are actually yeah. watching it live. But sure, yeah, I, I know. I think it's it's still going to have its its good points and its bad points. But I'm I'm still all for it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, thing it's just a necessary thing. Um, okay. it's, it's all right for the Premier League where you've got all these clubs with millions of pounds but I mean how far do you go translating it further down the leagues you know I mean it, if you're a professional club do you have to have space for a video 
replay room and everything, like how's it going to work in the FA Cup and everything like that with the smaller teams, at what stage does it become important, like it's going to be quite difficult to roll it's it out. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough in the FA Cups, but I'm sure they'll, I don't know, I mean I, I don't know what they're planning to do with things like that well, sure we'll in, in, in the States any sport that has a video review, they basically have like a a, a hub so the, the officials that review all these plays aren't ever physically in the stadium where the review is happening like um, yeah. in baseball I think uh-huh. it's in, in New York City and they send the review back to New York City uh, football they send it back to New Jersey um, basketball I think basketball is the one sport where they don't have yeah. like a review center the NBA allows the officials to review it right on the sidelines so they're, they're their That's own right, yeah. um, eye in the sky basically but I know baseball and football both have, and I think hockey too. I think hockey is in Toronto. Um, is, yeah, Toronto. Yeah. So that's that's one way to get yourself out of needing to have a quote unquote room in every stadium, including the stadiums that have been around since the King George era. Um, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, you know, I, I I do understand that every stadium needs to be equipped to have the technology, and that alone is yeah, it can be costly. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, they could do that. I could just do like set up an FA hub or something like that, and just do it there, and everyone goes through the same thing. Uh, Old Trafford, for example. Oh, uh, just do it at Wembley. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Right, should we go into news? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to um? Do you want to start us off? Have we got any news this week? Uh, no, nothing this week. It's all <laughs> been quiet uh, <laughs> as far as Southampton Football Club's concerned. Um, no, yeah, apparently uh, this club ain't big enough for both the Ralphs. Uh, Saints chairman, Ralph Where Kruger. You've <laughs> been working on being, that one, haven't you? <laughs> uh, I came that this morning. I, I was quite proud of myself. Um, yeah, uh, Kruger, he's been in charge since February 2014. So, yeah, cast your minds back to then uh, mm-hmm. and all that's happened since. But, yeah, his contract's not being renewed and he saw fit to uh, leave in the middle of the season rather than the end. Um, so it's kind of like a jumping before being pushed, I suppose. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the only thing that got me, really, was the timing of it. I mean, his contract, mm. you say, was up at the 30th of June, isn't it? So why why now? I, I honestly... Um, well, Kev was mentioning it's a good week for me to be on. I think the why now is real easy. Uh, I do think Ralph is looking to get back in the NHL. And with the offseason basically starting... Mm. essentially started on Monday uh, for the most part. If Ralph wants to have a front office role with a hockey organization, no team would wait until June 30th for his contract to be up. If he wants a, if he wants a job in a front office where he is running the front office and there are a couple openings available, um, I mean, the New York Rangers have one. Ottawa Senators are looking to hire a president of hockey operations. The Detroit Red Wings are looking to hire a president of hockey operations. There are a lot of prestige jobs out there for Ralph, so I, I do think it's one of those things where, yes, from a football perspective, it is very strange mm. that in the middle of a relegation scrap, the team's president or chairman decides to walk away with five games left. At the same time, if he knows he's not coming back, he knows his future is in the National Hockey League. If he wants a job in the NHL, he had to do it. Yeah, and it's interesting as well how the fans, I mean, I've, I've been on Twitter and I've seen a lot of um, Oilers fans that are welcoming back. Um, and I've also heard that Vancouver 
have said, yeah, they'll take him. Um, but all the Saints, well, most of the Saints, probably about 80% of the Saints fans' base is, you know, they're, they're fine to see him go. They're happy that he's gone. Yeah, you guys need to educate. I mean, I'm, I'm a Saints fan, but I, I don't know the the whole backstory of Ralph Kruger like you guys do. Um, from where I sit, I do think he's been good for the club. Obviously, the last mm. two years have been very difficult. At the same time, we're talking about I, I just from I just think Southampton knows what they are, and I think that needs to be admired. It's frustrating when guys that are extremely talented, like Sadio Mane and Virgil Van Dyke, and um, you know everyone that's been sold. At the same time, it does feel like for the most part, when it comes to selling players, the Saints know when to. Uh, it, it sucks what Virgil's doing. I get it. It's really fucking frustrating. Um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. life is easier when you have a guy like Virgil and Sadio still running around. Um, and the signings have definitely taken a turn. It's hard for the Saints to bring in high-profile players, but Gabbiadini, for the most part, did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Lamina. I want him back in the squad, but at the same time, mm. he can't seem to find a good run of form. Um I know Buffal is going to get another chance, it sounds like, this summer, right? Yeah. And maybe he I've finds footing with Ralph. But, uh, yeah, I, I understand all the frustrations, but I do think it need, Ralph needs to be applauded for still wanting to invest in the team and still wanting to challenge for a Europa League spot and not just being a team that's only good enough to survive. Obviously, it's what they've been the last two years, but on paper, the Saints should have been no worse than mid-table. Um, yeah, I think before Kruger came in, it was that's where they that that was you know their standard. They want to be in the top half of the table, challenging for that Europa League you know area. But since they've come on, it hasn't happened, and it's gone downhill since then. They've made bad managing uh, hirings and bad signings, and I guess it's just a matter of like weighing up the good against the bad, and also like Gao as well. It's like I don't think he trusts him with the money. I mean, if he did, we would have splashed the cash in January because we clearly needed another striker. But I just, I just don't know where Gal sits with him. And now that Les Reed's gone, now that Crew's gone, we can start next mm. season fresh with someone that he wants in and somebody that he can trust to spend the money. Does it worry either of you? Um, it's, it's a thought that I always have uh, when one of my teams makes a move at the very, very top. Does it worry either of you that um, a new man would want to bring in his own coach, regardless of how well Hassan Hoodle has done? Wow. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really see that happening. I think everyone at the club can see that um, our future is with Hassan Hoodle for the time being. Um, I guess the question is that, yeah, when Has- or and if Hassan Hoodle does move on uh, to past his new then, yeah, they're going to want their own brand of manager. And, you know, it's taken us so long. We got through so many managers to get to this stage. It would be yeah. just a shame to make those same mistakes again. That's never that, that's never crossed my mind, that there was going to be a replacement of, of, of Hasenhutl coming in. Yeah, I, I'm obviously for Hasenhutl. This brand of soccer has been the most exciting brand of soccer that I've gotten to enjoy from Southampton since yeah. jumping aboard. It's kind of like the, the. I mean, you probably don't remember Pochettino under Saints. Was like I when do he not. Come in, it or Cumin. Yeah, well, Cumin just after as well. But yeah, I, it was I, 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 slid in, I slid in for the tail end of Cumin, and that was fun. 
Yeah. Um, and mm. since then, it's where it's gone downhill. And, you know, we've had these relegation battles again. It's kind of like, I mean, you'll know this, Kev, it's kind of like being a Saints fan in the early, early to mid-90s. Well, all of the 90s, really. It was just every single season was hanging on, you know, scraping by with a point. But it looked like they turned a corner yeah. when they, you know, when they got Pochettino. And I'd never seen Saints play that brand of football before. You know, that high press, that energy. Koeman took over as well. And so many youngsters time. coming through. Exactly, in the academy, yeah. And Les Reed was, was, you know, part of that as well. But then it just went, when Kruger came in, it started, it, we started to revert back to old ways again. And again, Lee, uh, Les Reed went, Hassan Hill comes in. You think, OK, we're turning a corner again. I just think it's, I think it's important, Kev, that we do, you know, start afresh. You know, Les Reed's gone, Mark Hughes is gone, Ralph Kruger's gone. Let's just, let's just start. Yeah. I mean, next season's <coughs> going to be really, really, really interesting. Oh, definitely. And there's a lot, there's a lot of vacancies going. I mean, uh, it's clearly Gao um, trying to stamp his mark on the team and, um, yeah, pushing his weight and his, and his cash around. And a lot of heads have rolled this season. Uh, with Mark Hughes and Les Reed and Martin Hunter, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see a completely uh, fresh lineup uh, in the boardroom as, as, well, as well as on the pitch, possibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for Kruger, I mean, I, you, we say that Saints fans um, are not too sad about him uh, going, and you can kind of understand that because he is an outsider. He's not from the world of football. He is a corporate man, kind of like a figurehead of, uh, of the in- investors, or yeah, the leap heads, or now Mr. Gao. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he does seem to be like a sort of PR man that talks in corporate speak and doesn't really connect with the fans. Seems to hide a lot from the fans as well. And he's covered a lot for the fact that Mr. Gao's a so-called private man and um, doesn't like to, to come out in public and, and say That's what he it, really yeah. thinks. He said that the relationship that he has with Gao, he's just using, you know, he's the conduit between him and the club and the fans, but we haven't seen mm. that. Yeah, and you know, a, a funny thing, like Cortese, his predecessor, like you'd hear it every week, um, the people on the, on the stands shouting uh, chants about Cortese mm-hmm. and how much he hates Pompey and all that sort of thing. I've never heard anyone say a word about Ralph Kruger from the Northern No, no, no. no that's yeah, we don't care about him at all. Yeah, exactly, there's just nothing there. Um, but... In his defence, I mean, he has kept us, I mean, because he's, he's a finance man, um, he's kept the club uh, in the black, which is what he's there to do. Yeah. Um, he's successfully overseen a transition of ownership from the Leapers to the Gowers. Um, so, yeah. At the end of the I mean, day, we got, are still a Premier League club. We are still a Premier League club. And yeah, OK, Guido Curio, who's our uh, record signing, that was a joke. I mean, but so, I think... Yeah. We've learned from our mistakes, and the people who have made those decisions have, have paid for them. Um, my my question is, uh, who's next? Are there any more heads to roll? I mean, is Ross Wilson still going to be head of recruitment at the end of the season? I imagine he will. I imagine he probably will be. I can't see any reason for anyone else to go. So you've got your. Uh, I mean, the person that's coming in now, um, the vice chairman. I, I, his name escapes me. Um, Oh, the, the guy who's in charge Martin, now. Martin Simmons. Martin Simmons, Simmons isn't it? Simmons, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, you know, if he's going to take over the the full time job. Quite running, possibly. Running the club day to day, you know, I don't, I don't know whether Gal, as I said before, whether Gal's got another person in mind. I, I don't know. Quite possibly, but I mean, yeah, he's the last 
chairman standing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and if he's having a total clean out, you know, I think all of the old guards could possibly be gone, you know. Okay, well then I have a question for both of you. Where is this club in five years? Who? Um, St Mary's. Hey. <laughs> uh, they have to still Shanghai. be in the Premier. They have to still be in the Premier League, right? That's that's yeah. definitely number one. If this team falls out of the Premier League, it's a colossal failure at any time. Uh, they're big enough where, honestly, being in a relegation battle is not something they should be doing. Um, it's hard to predict any team ever really breaking through into the top six on a routine basis. Um, but if this team isn't just routinely on the same level of, say, where Everton should be, where I think Leicester City hopes to be, um, where basically just best of the rest status, I at some point you have to get upset if you're – you just can't have, like I – don't, I don't think you can be satisfied with finishing 10th every year, right? So if yeah, in five years they're not – yeah. yeah, if five years they're not competing for a Europa League spot with regularity – not necessarily saying they have to win a Europa League spot every year, but in five years, Southampton cannot be stuck in battles with the likes of Cardiff and Fulham and Huddersfield still. Yeah. No, the reason I ask is just because, you know, at the AGM meeting at the start of the season, they had a, they had their five-year plan set out in stone, and I don't know whether that's gone, gone out the window Stalin. now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether that's gone out the window now. Um, or is there going to be a new plan? Is there something that Gao is thinking about going forward? I think, I think there has to be a new five-year plan. But, but will I we mean, hear about this plan? Well, this is the thing. Gao has to come out and say what it is he wants to do with the club. Um, mm. and maybe he could take this opportunity to actually make a statement and get the people in that he thinks uh, are going to do that. But yeah, I, I'd agree with Greg when you said where do you see us in five years. I'd say that in five years, we will have had another European campaign of some description. So I think that's all we can really expect, isn't it? Yes. I'll be happy with that, yeah. And then, yeah. I, mean, we, we, I mean, we've proved that we can play against the best. I think that hasn't hurt with football now. We can, you know, go to Anfield and we can give them a game. We can go to Old Trafford and give them a game. We're not just going to sit back and bend over. Yeah. We, can, we can play against these big clubs now. And as I say, next season, he gets a whole, a whole transfer window. He can put his own stamp on the team, and, you know, who knows where they're going to be at the end of the season. Yeah, I have a much bigger problem with the fact that they tried to present a five-year plan with Mark Hughes still the coach. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that five-year contract, yeah, it was like, what? Oh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a manager I've despised more on any team that I've ever followed, and Ray knows that this includes a certain New York Rangers head coach oh, uh, yes. more than I despise Mark Hughes. He just... I, I, I don't understand how Mark Hughes keeps getting jobs. He doesn't offer anything to the table for me. We don't need well, to get into a big Mark Hughes rant because <laughs> it's been a very long time since he's been on the sideline. I just need to get it out there since I'm on the States podcast that that man, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I think, it, yeah, just, just, just quickly off that, it, you know, he kept us up. They had to give him a contract, I think, but, you know, just out of loyalty, but not the length no, that he was don't. given. Nobody expected him to stay at stay out that contract, you know, just give him a year contract. You know, if that, just give him a little, you know, the temporary job. Give him a zero-hours contract. Give him a zero-hours contract, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was, but who, who, was the, who was responsible for giving him that contract, Kev? Uh, oh, God, I don't know. I mean, let's read. 
Yeah, it was, it was Les Reed and Kruger. It was a joint effort from mm. them. And, you know, they're gone as well as you. So, yeah, moving yeah. forward. There's a job going at QPR if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I still have, I still have a, a soft spot in my heart for QPR. So I, I wouldn't wish that upon them either. <laughs> um, Jay Adams. Oh, Continues to be linked with Saints. Um, and Hasn't Hurt was also it's said that, you know, yeah, he's interested as well. We had a, an offer turned down in January, apparently, um, £10 million. I think Burnley had an offer turned down as well for £12 million, but they could possibly return in the summer with a £15 million um, offer. I think that's that's brilliant. I mean, 20, 22 goals in the Championship this season, and I think yeah, can secure a 20-plus goal score. I know it's the Championship, but, you know, we're lacking a goal scorer. Um, for £15 million in this market, I think it's a, it's a must. I could bring back Billy Sharp. Oh, yeah, he seems to be doing well, doesn't he? <laughs> Uh, I just, uh, you guys don't have faith in my boy Chuck, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's the sort of player that Hassan Hurtle likes. No, we, um, we, my buddies and I actually joke about Chuck now, because within the first five minutes of him being on the field, it just looks like he's always out of breath, yeah. and he just can't can't really keep up. Mouth <laughs> uh, wide open, yeah, hands on his legs, just like, oh. Yeah, and I've, I've, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen, I don't think it's, I don't think I've seen it from you guys, but I've heard enough talk of, uh, long-term health questions surrounding Danny Ings that even if you do keep him, you need a clear 1B option, right? You can't... Mm-hmm. With, gone should be the days where Shane Long is getting significant starting run on this team if it really wants to be anything more than just a survivor. Uh, so I, I am for any and all additions to the front, um, especially since for the first time, and again, what feels like forever... It does feel like the Saints have everything else clicking offensively. All they need is another guy to just be able to put the ball in the back of the net. Someone, yeah, and not, I mean, Charlie Austin can do that, he just can't run. So they just need someone who can do that as well. And someone who's who's prepared to, you know, sit on the bench occasionally. Because if Danny Ings is fit, you would like to think that he gets the start. Um, yeah. And, you know, Che Adams coming up from the championship as well. He's got to accept that he's not going to be always the number one option. So, yeah, competition there. But, you know, you can't have a, you know, 20-plus million striker that's going to want to sit on the bench either. So you need to get the balance right between them two. And then, I mean, Long's quite, Long knows what he is. He's happy to, you know, come on as and when they need him. So yeah, it's just, a perfect move. It just thinks that Charlie Austin can finish but can't run and Shane Long can run but can't finish. Yeah. Why can't those two guys just be one person? Just like Char- <laughs> Charlie Long or Shane Austin. Just make them one thing. <laughs> we should just Shane Austin. Isn't, isn't she on the back of the five-pound note? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Jane Austen. <laughs> ah, is it the tenor? Yeah. <laughs> nice um, one. Oh. Well, Shane has proven it's wrong at the moment, isn't he? Two and two, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> then when, we should sell high is what I'm saying because it's yeah. never going to happen again. Yeah. Um, any more news you want to talk about, Kev? Um, Harrison Reed's having a great time for Blackburn in the Championship. Um, yep. he, he was given man of the match in their two win over Derby. Um, and a lot of fans are saying that they, they love him so much that they think they sh- he should sign him permanently. So, mm. um, yeah, we might get a few quid for, for him in the summer. Because I don't well, see Harry getting into the, the first team. If he's an energetic... And, you know, if he's playing as energetic as he is for, for Blackburn, then yeah, I'm sure he'll have a shot under Hasman Hurtle. Energy, energy, energy. That's all he wants. 
but I mean, there's just so much competition for places. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so you 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 wouldn't like to to see him see him go for a bit of. Oh, it depends how much they offer, doesn't it? But I mean, I said at the start of the season I'd be happy for Josh Sims to go because you know he's not going to get in this team, and then look, he he had a blinder yesterday, so. True. Oh, maybe he deserves a chance, but um, again, like That's you said, all I'm saying, yeah. Sell on a high. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that about it, or do you want to? Uh, uh, there's a couple of more items. Just um, still, still got more. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, um, under the 23s uh, semi-final in the international cup, lost three-one to Dynamo Zagreb. Um, yeah, with Dan Temmen, uh, Harry Hamblin scored and then got sent off. Mm, I saw that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's, there seems to be a lot of interesting stuff going on in the in the in the youth teams. And uh, other than that, finally, um, if you're renewing your season ticket, it's going to be cheaper next season, um, up to seventy quid cheaper, in fact. And they've brought in a new season ticket in the Itch and South at four hundred pounds. So that seems seems reasonably affordable. Mm. Uh, and they've I introduced. Working, I'd go. Yeah, and they've introduced some sort of payment scheme where you can um, pay off in instalments interest-free. Oh, good stuff. So, yeah, uh, maybe look into that. There you go, Greg. Um, you come over every weekend. Every other weekend, get down the season ticket. No, no problem. I'll, I will <laughs> roll it right out as soon as as soon as soon the new offers come in. <laughs> yeah. Just got just to gotta fit yeah. in enough time to get to darts still, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Saints on a Saturday, Darts on a Sunday, back in New York for Monday. There you go. <laughs> uh, and that's all the news. Cool. Um, right. Wolves yesterday, one three one. Goals from Nathan Redmond and Shane Long, and Wolves' goal was Bolly. Starting eleven: Gun, Bednarek, Yoshida, Vestergaard at the back. Midfield of Valerie, Ward-Prowse, Hoiberg, and Bertrand. Sims and Redmond uh, anchoring Danny Ings. The bench, McCarthy, Stevens, Long, Austin, Romeu, Armstrong and Target. So the two changes from the Liverpool game. Romeu on the bench, that was a surprise, right? Uh, are you going to play um, that three-man uh, central midfield uh, against Wolves? Uh, this is a different setup, really. Um, but then... When he, when Romeo has been playing, James Ward Prowse has been playing in more in, a, in an advanced role, taking that role that uh, you know that Sims had, and uh, and to give Sims the start over Armstrong as well. Yes, I say that's where the surprise lies. Like, yeah, I mean, Ings is coming back in, but um, well, no, because I mean, I just the, the, the surprise because that that Romeo's been like the mainstay for for Hasenhurst, so I think he started every Hasenhurst game. So that to me was the surprise when I saw him on the bench, and it isn't because. Of form, it is just because, like you say, where Wolves and Saints set up the same way, formation wise, um, you go with youth and pace with Sims, and it did pay off. I'm not, you know, I'm not slagging him off or anything, I'm just saying, you know, what that, that when I saw the lineup, that that shocks me. Well, if we, yeah, if we are going five at the back, then yeah, that's that's where it's got to give, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I personally didn't hate the fact that Romeo was on the bench. I've Never been his biggest fan. I think he kind of plays a... It's a a reckless game he plays. He's always towing the line between being aggressive and being foolish. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I really liked that Sims was in. Uh, Stewie not getting any run was definitely different. Uh, I think that was 
I agree with you guys where that was my surprise as well. But I was also all for it. Sims, that was maybe one of the better performances I've seen all year from a younger player not named Jan Valery. Yeah. yeah. I had a great game. Yeah, it just needs to work on his finishing and his decisions. But, yeah. Wow, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, that, that was... Yeah, that was the only surprise for me. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just went with the more pace. Um, you felt that was key. Do you lads think that he proved himself in the Liverpool game coming on there? Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Sims now. I, I'm at a point with Sims where you gotta roll the hand while it's hot. I don't, I can't see a scenario where Ralph shouldn't be starting him and giving him as much run as possible uh, from here until the end of the season, especially. I don't want to say that it, it feels like the Saints would be safe, but at the same time, it would take a monumental collapse and monumental recovery from Cardiff for Saints to go down. Um, yeah. So I, I do think part of the rest of this five-game run, games, by the way, that are winnable, some of them, for the Saints, you start have to seeing, all right, what, what here is going to not just work for next year, but what here can take us to a different level next year? And I think... I think a question you need to answer is just how productive Josh Sims can be the more you give him run. So um, I, I will say, though, and I'm, I'm curious what you guys think, with uh, Jimmy pushed back into a more holding position, I didn't think it was the best game I've seen from Ward-Prowse, especially just, considering the run he's on. Do you know what, since you know the last month or so he's been on fire, but the last like two games I don't think he's been himself. But then again, that could just be because you know the, the the spell that he had before that he was, you know, unplayable. He got himself back in the England team, so he set himself the high standards. And if he does seem to sit, you know sit back, then it's going to be noticed a little bit more now. And I do think where he's playing in a more advanced role, he was more mm. noticeable. But now he's like playing as that shutdown midfielder, and we yeah, have and- in the middle with him as well. And it's not like I'm saying he played poorly yesterday. It's just we're going from... Quiet, yeah. Yeah, quiet. It, hard to notice. You had to really look out there and be like, is he is 16 on the field? I, I don't really see it. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you see uh, Hoiberg making those runs that uh, Prowse has, has been up until recently. So I guess that they kind of switch roles in that respect. Yeah, I'm okay with that, though. I'm okay with him taking a back step and playing yeah. in, that, in that role, especially when you've got Sims... And Redmond that can cause problems with their pace. I, I don't, you know, bring them, bring them all back. It's fine. Um, so, you know, the start of the game as well, like the the press. Again, it's so good to watch and it's so different. I'm not used to seeing this. Well, under Hasenhutl, but they started so well and Wolves couldn't cut. They couldn't keep hold of the ball. It's, it's so good to think. Like Wolves touch the ball, they they try and move it, and there's like two or three Saints players on them straight away, causing problems. Yeah, I, this is the second straight week where it feels like everyone in the starting 11 for the Saints did lines of coke before taking the field, and they come out with their hair on fire. Um, and the, the setup to the goal is just beautiful. The, the Saints were suffocating them in the beginning yeah. part of that game, uh, and not to move off just the beauty of the goal so quickly, but it is two straight. I, I, it's Liverpool, so I, I take everything I say with a grain of salt when I'm talking about Liverpool. But this did feel like the second straight week where as soon as the Saints get to about the 15-minute mark, I don't know if they just lose their energy or if the opposition finally understands how to handle the press. But around that 15-minute mark, and all of a sudden it's just wolves, 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 and it feels yeah. like every two seconds they get a freaking corner. And mm. it's, 
so I, I love that Ralph gets everyone out of the gates hot, and it, the, the Saints are great about starting strong. But as soon as that happens, it starts creeping into your mind because I don't I don't know what um, the English broadcasters say, but literally Ian Dark was doing the Southampton game yesterday, and as soon as they score, it gets brought up that no team in the Premier League has um, given up more <laughs> points from yeah, leading I, position than the Southampton. So it's it, it, it's something that needs to be either corrected or better understood how every time the Saints come out blazing hot, and as great as it is to see, you can set your watch to it that they're yeah. going to have a letdown, and it's going to be tough to hang on for dear life. I'm going to admit as well, when it was 1-1, I was scared at that point. I thought this is because of what you say. They did look slower again. and I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe you were right. Maybe they have figured out the press. Um, or maybe they are just completely fucked. I don't know. It's just... But I cannot remember the last time Saints started slow. They are just, yeah, out the gate straight away onto everybody right now. And then it seem, only seems to last for 20 minutes. Get their second wind again and start the second half. This, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I was nervous when it was 1-0. I thought, um, right, you know, we can, can kind of consolidate this. But they really let it go. And, uh, yeah, midway through that first half, I thought, okay, they, this is definitely a goal coming here. And then it did. Um, but, yeah, m- luckily... Um, Managed to manage to pull it back in in a way that we definitely wouldn't have underused. But did you not think that when we scored that go ahead goal, the two one, that we, you know, coming from nowhere, you couldn't see that. I mean, it was just a slow build up at the back. I think Vestergaard and Yoshida were playing it backwards and forwards for a couple of times, and then, mm. you know, out of nowhere, you know, Redmond pops up, and uh, you know, the, the the pass goes through. You know, I didn't see that coming. No, I just um, uh, I, I heard the Saints fans um, shouting two uh, 0 and you fucked it up. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, when we when we got that after we got that that first girl early on, and then when they equalised, they were they were uh, shouting one 0 and you fucked it up. And then about <laughs> thirty seconds later, <laughs> managed to concede one. Like, yep, that shut you up for the rest of the match. Huh? <laughs> I just. It blew my mind that Nathan Redmond only has five goals on the season. It just it felt like he scored more than that. Oh, is that Premier League goals? He's on eight now. He's on eight for the season in all competitions? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it felt like he's had more than five in the Premier League. But at the same I time, think, I guess... Yeah. I think he's just uh, been so... You know, the turnaround from last season, and he's just been involved more in the goals than he hasn't necessarily scored. The ones that he has scored have been... Very important as well. Yeah, I know. I know there's still five games left and all that good noise, but I, I, I feel like we have enough of a track record to say. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Hard to imagine a more important player to the Saints season this year than Nathan Redmond. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. spot on. Unquestionable. Um, I mean, I suppose Prowsey could you could be you could be mentioned in the same conversation. In but, certain uh, in certain forms, yeah, I, I suppose you're right. But I just, I, I mean, I said this to Matt when we were on his show um, a few months back that if Redmond gets injured, do we stay up? Um, and I think, at, I think at that point, no, we don't. That's how important he is. I think now, obviously, but at that point, yeah, no. If, if he goes down, there's nobody else that can take that. But you, I, with, with the way that Ward Prowse is playing right now. In the position that he's playing right now, you can get people to slip it, uh, step in for him, but is there anybody out there like Redmond for us? Oh, uh, you knew, Steve, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, my, my buddies and I 
call uh, him the Crimson Chin just because of that <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, firm chin that man rocks on a on a <laughs> daily basis. Uh, yeah, and at the same time, as the thing that as great as Jimmy's been, it just it makes it even more frustrating that that's a guy that couldn't get any run under Mark Hughes. Mm-hmm. How different could the Saints season have been if Jimmy was just given time to shine earlier in the year? Uh, I guess one guy that I, I think deserves some recognition and credit, I mean, Hoiberg hasn't really had a – he hasn't had a lot of highs, but he also hasn't had a lot of lows. And for a team that's been in a relegation scrap all year long, I do think that deserves some recognition. The fact that he's been pretty pretty even all year. He's been oh, solid from the jump. I think, Yeah, I think – I wasn't his biggest fan last year, and I think even when, when we recorded our season uh, preview, I was – quite down on him you were quite high on him at the point if I remember Kev yeah. um, and I, yeah I wasn't his biggest fan I felt like he, he played he played too safe he was in that deep midfield role and he just turned around and passed a lot and shot on sight and you know he never scored um, but this season I think he's been very very important and you know he's you know captain now as well so and last week I gave him the man of the match I thought he was terrific um, yeah, not, not so much this game but I can't imagine him not being in the team now. No. No, I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone else being captain either. I mean, Bertrand was the captain under mm. Hughes, wasn't he? I, 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 right. None of us could see the logic in that like, after, um, yeah, after Davis left. Like, well, yeah. I don't think anybody's complaining that Hoiberg's the, 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 the captain now. Yeah, um, the substitutions as well, I want to talk about, Kev. Um, mm. Sims come off for Romeo. Yeah. Just, you know, to see it out, just hold out that midfield a little bit more. You don't need to pace now. Um, and mm-hmm. that seemed to work as well. I've come I've come to, like, really, really just understand whatever Hassan Hill does and just go with it and never question it because everything that he's doing right now is working. Start when he first in, I was like, why is he making that? But right now, I just have to put 100% trust in him because he's not letting me down. No. Um, I'm... Things like this is just working out. We were looking ropey as well up until up until that point. I didn't think that that two one would hold out uh, the way we were playing at the beginning of the second half. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as Long comes in, uh, uh, injects that bit of pace that we need to to kind of harass them. And yeah, Romeo uh, to go along with Hoiberg and and Prowse to kind of shore up the midfield. And yeah, my God, I mean, it was like just a and new life injected into the team. I think also they put on um, Adama Traore, didn't they, with the pace? And hasn't hurt looked at that and thought, "Whoa, let's let's get another midfielder off, someone that's going to kick him." <laughs> I see your Traore, and and, yeah. I, and, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I take you Shane Long. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the third goal because um, something happened that I've never seen before during that goal. Um, Maya Yoshida with a bicycle kick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, what the hell? <laughs> Yoshida, had a, Yoshida had a weird game, too. Yeah. Wasn't, a, I, wasn't necessarily I, his best performance of the year. No, he had a couple of crucial blocks and a couple of crucial tackles, but then there was one clearance where he just headed it straight to Jimenez. Yeah. And it's, yeah. oh, my God, he's back, he's back. 
and yeah, clearing it out for a corner when yeah. you didn't even need to touch it. It wasn't even yeah. going on goal. Yeah. Uh, Kev, I've told this story to Ray, and while we're talking about Yoshida, I'll tell it to you too. So, in Albany, uh, like about 20 minutes north of Albany, is one of the more famous and popular horse racing tracks in the States, which is Saratoga uh, Raceway. And last year, um, one of the horses that came in was a Japanese horse named Yoshida. And as a true and proper Saints fan, I told my buddies, I was like, I'm going to bet on this horse. I know it's going to lose, but I have to bet on it. Even though he went off at like a two-to-one favorite, uh, the, all the numbers on him says he was going to be good. I was telling everyone, I was like, he's not going to win. He's going to disappoint. It's not going to be, a, it's, gonna, it's just going to be a thing I have to do. You're going to have to let me accept it. And uh, yeah, he finished about sixth. It was it was the most Yoshida-like performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, his his heart's always in it. I mean, he definitely gave it 100. percent Although should have scored as well. Yeah, he should have. Oh my god, he should have. Uh, I mean, he had the bicycle kick, and then he, he manages to keep it somehow. Uh, yeah, long get the plaudits, but I think Yoshi, yeah, I mean, he he deserves a goal. Yeah. He does. Um, so yeah, it held out three one. So I just the only the only thing I do want to I, Ray, I, I hear what you say when you say you trust everything Hasselhoodle does with subs, and I agree with you, with the exception of if if I see Jack Stevens play one more soccer game for this club, I think I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. Uh, I just think he's uh. there now because I mean we've got the players around now. We've got Vestergaard, Bednarik, and Yoshida. He's just and bearing in mind, I mean. If Valerie goes down, we've got no right back, and I think he's used Jack Stevens as a right back as an emergency cover. Yeah. So I think he's just there for that. Is, is he? Are you guys know more about this than I do. Are they just staunchly against trying target on the right? Um, no, I don't think they've done that before. Actually, do you know what? Didn't they play target right against West Ham, the game that we went to, Kev, and it didn't work? Um. First yeah. Half, at least. I think but, they played him uh, right. I'm, if I, I may, I may have got that wrong, but. I'm pretty sure they've tried him there before and it didn't work. Hmm. I, I, yeah. I think I mean, Target has had one of the sneaky good seasons, um, at least before Bertrand came back. So it, yes, it, it's, always, yeah. it's always surprising to me that they, they seem, I mean, reluctant, at least the term to use when it comes to them not wanting to run him down the right late in games. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth exploring a little bit more. Or maybe he is, he is there, but because, I mean, with Valerie playing so well and he's, he's injury-free, he's fit, um, we don't really need to think about that right now, so maybe he will. But who knows? I mean, in the, in the off-season, they could, they could acquire another right-back. It's just anything but Jack Stevens. That guy, Yeah. I close my eyes at night and I see him raising his hand for no fucking reason <laughs> against Cardiff. And it's just, <laughs> it, it was, like, indefensible. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember <laughs> what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he hasn't really he hasn't been playing a lot more. I mean, wasn't he? He played a lot under Mark Hughes, as did um, Wesley Hoot. Yeah. So oh my God, it. I've completely forgot Wesley Hoot was even a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is what I mean. I mean, I trust Hasenhutl. He's making all the right decisions. And, you know, listening to the fans as well. I think everyone's forgotten uh, <laughs> there's such a thing as Wesley Hoot. I think Wesley Hoot's forgotten, forgotten about Wesley Hoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right, so all but safe. 16th place, 36 points. That's what, eight points off the drop? Yep. Uh, and Cardiff and Brighton play each other on Tuesday, I believe. Yep. 
That's right. And Cardiff got beat on the week uh, yesterday, and Brighton got hammered, didn't they? Yeah, five nothing. Yeah, five uh, now. So yeah, that's Dickin. it. Start start planning for next season already. Um, I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask you both nevertheless. Man of the match. Uh, without a doubt, Redmond. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt, James Ward Prowse. Yeah, <laughs> was everywhere. Um, <laughs> Jack Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. That'll never be funny. No. <laughs> uh, sorry, we have we have uh, Master Sunday started early today, so we got it on in the background. Um, yeah, no, it's Redmond, man. It he had without a doubt the best game. I will say. Uh, Maybe was one thing we haven't brought up uh, is is Danny Ings a better number nine than a true striker? Because some of those passes he had the Redmond and mm. up front were yeah. just incredible yesterday. Oh, yeah, I do think that he he had a quietly good game as well. So yeah, he, he's definitely worth a mention. Yeah. His, his weighted passes, um, his movement as well. He got the assist and he deserved a goal. Um, I think if Sim if Josh Sims had squared it to him, he would have had his goal. But yeah, well, he does need a mention. Yeah. Yeah, he does need a mention. I do think he was good. Um, but yeah, for me, I agree. It has to be um, Nathan Redmond. Okay, so next week, Newcastle. Saturday the 20th. Oh, that's yeah. a 5, 5.30 kickoff. Um, not the usual 3 o'clock. So yes, yeah, so it's a later kickoff. Um, Newcastle. Greg, yeah, that's better for you, Greg. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not complaining. That'll be a nice... Uh, Lunchtime kickoff, yeah. Yeah, I think... If it's 5:30, I think that's the NBC 12:30 game. So that'll be uh, yeah. that'll be real nice. I'll, I won't even have to stream it. Excellent. Um, and a bit, yeah. Uh, so what, what Newcastle, Newcastle. Talk about Newcastle. So they they won at Leicester on Friday night, didn't they? That's a big win. Yeah, huge win. Um, they're ten points clear, so they're they're safe. They're only you know two points above us, but their form isn't great actually going in. I mean, they've lost lost to Palace, lost to Arsenal. Uh, Drew at Bournemouth. I think I think they've had one win in the Premier League since the start of March, which isn't great. I think that was Everton. Yeah, and the beat Everton. Leicester as well. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, Leicester. Mm. Oh yeah, but going into that Leicester game, that's right. Yeah. Um, my worry though with with Newcastle is that they don't need all three points now. They can just cruise and see out the rest of the season and just sit back. They can play five at the back. They can frustrate teams and just come away with you know with a point. I, that's my only worry with Newcastle. I don't think they cause, because they can see it. They're going to be hard to beat now. I think. I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that come there and crush them, especially at, at St James's Park. Yeah, before the Wolves game, uh, my friends and I were actually looking at Newcastle as the must-win matchup heading into the end of the season. But now that not just that this one happened, but Brighton got hammered as hard as they did, uh, it does change the outlook a little bit. Um, Newcastle. It's a sneaky popular team here in the States. Um, Very they do popular over here. They have, DeAndre, they have DeAndre Yedlin, who is uh, probably, I mean, there are only three Americans in the Premier League, so it's yeah. not exactly a stretch to say that Yedlin is the best American playing in England these days. Um, but they also now have Miguel Almiron, who is from Atlanta United and has had the attention of American soccer fans before he left. So the casual American soccer fan is paying more attention to Newcastle these days, which means Newcastle is getting a little bit more coverage than they're used to in the United States. Um, but I, I, I'm with you guys. It, it feels like my, my fear is that Newcastle looks at the Southampton game as 
if we win this game, we're definitely safe. So they might try and throw everything against the wall. But at the same time, both teams have, I, I think both teams are on 33 games. So this game is no longer a must win for really either side. So may, maybe, hopefully, uh, the Saints are able to get points. And if the Saints get points, we're getting real close to the matchup number of 40. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling all right going into this game. I, I was worried before yesterday, but with the 3-1 win yesterday, I'm a little bit more relaxed, at least as relaxed as I've ever been this season. Yeah, me, me too. Kev? I think, um, yeah, I mean, Rafa's kind of done his job already, hasn't he? He's kept him up. Yeah. Um, I don't know where his future's going to lie. Um, so, yeah, they, maybe they, they will kind of sit, sit, sit back and, and relax a little bit, just the same way Wolves, I think, that lost uh, the weekend lost, yeah. before in the FA Cup. That definitely must have played on their minds. Uh, because when yeah they started to throw it away, there's no way, there's no way back from. So yeah, I think we could benefit from that uh, with Newcastle as well. Are we doing predictions? Yeah, um, it's me to go first this time. Isn't it is it? you to go first. Yeah. Okay, I am gonna go. Oh, I'm just hoping that it's not gonna be like I said. They're not gonna screw it up, and it's gonna be a boring game. It's just gonna be nil nil. But having said that, Saints are playing the brand of football that at the moment that is just far superior than Newcastle and I just think we've got too much mm. for them so I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Saints away win OK OK um, I, I, I was going to say something similar but I, I've got a sneaky suspicion that uh, we're going to get a clean sheet so I'm going to say 2-0 Wow OK Ooh. Greg? Uh, I just I feel like this is a game where both teams they get that first goal, then one of the teams takes the foot off the gas and allows the other team to get back into it. I, I just feel like it's a 1-1 draw. It, it, I can't shake why I feel that way. I get that Southampton's playing some of their best soccer. They've played all year long. Goals seem to be pouring in. I just I feel like if this game is 1-1 with 20 minutes left in the second, I don't think either team's going to swing any real punches knowing that yeah. a point is crucial at this point in the time. Yeah, that's what I was... I mean, I was edging for a, for a draw, but then I just thought, you know what? Saints are going to probably sneak it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I get I get the uh, the luxury of not having to be on the podcast next week, so I can be as boring as I want with my pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, actually, mm. when you said about how you've got Yedling uh, playing for Newcastle now as well, um, and the other... Um, the, who was the other player that you mentioned? M- Miguel Almiron. Almiron. He was their yeah. big January signing. Yeah, um... Mm. With Newcastle's fan base, and you know they've got the stadium, they've got all the fans. They, they, you know, they, they've got more fans than Man City. I just think Newcastle were just that one. I mean, it was only going to take like one American billionaire to come in and invest in that club, and they're going to be like the new Man City, Chelsea. Just, yeah, American billionaires this day and age are boring as hell, though. Do you really want another Glad uh, Blazer Blazer family coming in and stealing it? Happening. I can see it happening. The best the Best case scenario for American owners is what you get from Liverpool, but the worst case wow. from American owners is what you get with Arsenal. So you really need yeah. to, and I don't know, American billionaires, man, we we can be a real boring bunch. Everything is just business, business, business. Unless unless you get a guy like Mark Cuban who comes in and steals a team, and that guy has never met a dollar bill he didn't want to light on fire. Um, <laughs> but 
<laughs> it's one of those things where, I don't know, I, I do think the American game is getting better and more advanced. And, I mean, we saw Christian Pulisic net millions upon millions from Chelsea. It will be interesting to see if more American players are signed to bring, o- bring over abroad because of yeah. how lucrative the American TV market is. I mean, again, again I'm, I, we're talking about DeAndre Yedlin and Miguel Almiron, not exactly stars. But no. I promise you Newcastle doesn't get flexed for that 12.30 U.S. time game without those two guys being on the roster. The amount of times Chelsea is going to be on TV next year with Pulisic in the squad is going to be insane. Uh, so if, it, it's hard to predict, like, what good low-key – like, Weston McKinney is not going to get sold anytime mm-hmm. soon. Um, though Timothy Way is having a nice little run in Scotland. I don't know. Maybe maybe if PSG wants to sell him to an English club, he could he could come on over. But the the younger American players are starting to make a dent. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is having a good year in the championship on oh, yeah, loan yeah. from Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham player. Yeah. Slowly, slowly and surely, us Americans are starting to figure out this whole soccer thing. Um, so it will be interesting to see just how many U.S. players start making the jump across the pond. The MLS, is, is, it's a more competitive league now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still not world-class. I mean, that's why Wayne Rooney is still able to do fun Wayne Rooney things in yep. Washington, D.C. But the, the MLS is a better game. It's probably, when people ask me, like, what level I'd put the MLS on, it's, it's probably, I'd expect the top three teams in MLS to be able to compete with the top three or four teams in the championship. I, I think that's the, the, the quality it's on. Yeah, um, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, I, I think every now and then you get an MLS team that would be able to survive relegation in the Premier League, but I don't think you'll ever have an MLS team necessarily, like, win the league. But it, it's mm. a better game. So the U.S. players are getting better. Uh, it's a better product they're producing. I don't know. It'd, it'd, be, it'd be real, as an American fan, it'd be real nice to see Southampton bring in someone like... Um, I mean, we're, t- we're talking about wingbacks. Ah, there's, yeah. there's this guy, Kellen Acosta, who I think plays with FC Dallas right now, and he's getting a really long run with the U.S. men's national team. Someone like that to be able to put on a, on a, on a back line would be real fun under House and Hoodle. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, yeah. maybe if House and Hoodle ever hears this, Kellen yeah, Acosta, man. bro, look him up. <laughs> we have to get on to that, Kev. Do what we can. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> um... So, what's the score? Oh, for me, it's it's going to be a one-one draw. It's going to be a super boring game. I I, I <laughs> want to be more exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he already said that, Kev. He just say one-one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, wake up, man. Um, um, predictions, right? So, Wolves game last week, we both predicted a one-one. Um, but you know, considering Wolves and Saints have had the most draws in the Premier League this season, I think that was a good effort. You know, it was a good guess. Um, so no points for us this week, but it means the scores remain 50 to 48 for me. And running out of games, mm. we're still two points behind. But yeah, never mind. Catch up. Yeah, he's an exact yeah. score, don't I? You do. Um, fantasy football this week? Yes, uh, fantasy football. So again, we're in the middle of a game week, uh, but the clear winner at the moment is uh, T for T for the Tiedemann. He's changed his team name again. Uh, Tim Marshall uh, is on. Uh, 51 points so he gets the shout out for that um, at the moment taking a look at your team no, let's uh, 
Yeah, 24 points. Uh, Harry Kane captain. Uh, too bad that he's <laughs> injured. <laughs> Harry Kane captain, yeah, brilliant. Nice move, Ray. Yeah, and you can guarantee that Mo Salah's uh, not going to do anything against Chelsea. He's your vice captain. And uh, my team, don't worry, uh, doing even worse than your 24 points. 11 at the moment. Unlucky. But I'm guessing a lot of yours has got to go still. Uh, yeah, they have, but... Um, uh, Dunk, Lewis Dunk managed to let in five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> so, uh, that was a good start, I thought. Well, he's got two double game weeks there. Yeah, it'll do me good. No, no, he's going to let in more goals uh, than the rest of my defence combined. And Tielemans, nothing. Nothing against Leicester, uh, against Newcastle for Leicester. So, yeah, nothing but disappointment. Um, and that's all I want to talk about uh, <laughs> as far as fantasy football is concerned. Uh, yes. Okay. Oh, uh, we did uh, have a last-minute uh, little segment that we wanted to do. Uh, seems you're on, Greg. Um, mm. I'm here in Russia, and hockey is a big deal in Russia. Um, can't say I'm a huge expert, but I, I do like to watch the the Russian national team when they're playing, and uh, I like to watch the SKA when they're playing too. But um, yeah, a few of the Russian players have got some rather interesting nicknames, and uh, oh I could uh, <laughs> kind of test you on them. Uh, maybe maybe Ray might know some of them. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, um, Artemi uh, Panarin, who plays for the Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. No, he, oh, no, he's, no, he uh, did play for the Blackhawks. He plays for the Blue Jackets. Oh, he's soon, the Blue Jackets. Soon, oh, right. soon to be New York Ranger great, Artemi Panarin. Yes, go on. Yes. Um, so, yeah, what's his nickname? He's the bread man. Yeah. Um, how come? <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know the exact uh, origins of where he got the bread man from, um, but I it, I know it's become just like it. It'll be a big hit sensation once he signs in New York. I don't think Columbus is yeah. necessarily uh, using that nickname. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll 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 do we'll do it big with bread man as soon as he signs the dotted line on July first. <laughs> sure, and uh, as a baker, you'd love that, wouldn't you, Ray? Yes. As <laughs> a man of your own heart. Apparently, there's a chain of um, bakers called uh, called Panera. Oh, Panera. Yeah, Panera, Panera Bread. Yeah. Right. Uh, that yeah, that yeah, might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. it right. I'm told it definitely has something to do with it. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, who's the yak? Yeah. yeah. Is that oh. is that Nail Yakupov? Yeah. Man, he was not good in the States, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, he's the tank. I know that. Uh, I'm going to... I'm not 100% sure. I'm just going to say he's a Dano Char because I assume he's a tank. No, it's um, Tarasenko, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that makes, it, that makes a whole lot yeah. of sense. Um, all right, what about uh, everyone's favourite penguin, Evgeny Malkin? Oh. Is it a Gino? Yeah, I thought it was Gino. Yeah, I thought he was Gino. He's got a couple of nicknames. Yeah, uh, Gino and and the bully. Oh. The bully? No, I've got a few names for him, but that's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a couple of other just What about uh, Kuznetsov? Kuznetsov. Um, I know he does the little eagle celebration. I always thought. I just hockey play. Low-key, hockey players usually give out the worst and most boring nicknames of all time. <laughs> so I've always thought 
Kuznetsov was just like Kuzi. Ah, well, in yeah. Russian it'd be, it'd be Kuzia, but that, that, that's a Russian name. Uh, oh. that sounds, that's where his surname comes from. But yeah, um, sure. he's got a very unusual nickname, Harry Potter. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that. <laughs> no, I've never heard, heard of that. that. That's I mean, uh, it's going to stick. I'm only referring to him as that henceforth, but... Yeah. <laughs> apparently, yeah, in training for the, for the Caps, he was such a, a wizard, uh, conjuring up different tricks that they called him Harry Potter. Right. Low-key... Low-key, though, Harry Potter, not a very good wizard, if I remember those <laughs> books correctly. Call <laughs> him <laughs> Dumbledore. Uh, all right, uh, how many nicknames can you give me, uh, with or without swearing, for Alexander Ovechkin? Ovi, great Ovi. Oh, yeah, I actually like Ovechkin. The I guy love, I, would, I love Ovechkin. Yeah. yeah, the guy I would swear, I, I wouldn't swear about Sidney Crosby, but if you ask me for Sidney Crosby's nickname, it's just... The bitch, because that's all he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I think part of it is because the Rangers for a long time have always had the Capitals number, uh, so it's 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 always like a begrudging respect for Ovi. Mm-hmm. And I guess that shows uh, in the nicknames. Yeah, Alexander yeah. the Great. Alexander the Great. Yeah, Ovi. I've heard I've heard that one too. The, the Great Eight. And uh, the Destroyer. The Detroit Detroit. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, he's probably the only like mega star uh, for hockey here in Russia. He must be massive, like Yeah, yeah, he is. It's he a shame he doesn't get to, doesn't get to play for the national team as much. So they just don't want to let him obviously go for the Olympics or for the um hockey world cup that's coming up soon. Mm. Well I don't I think they're uh, discontinuing the World Cup for this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the players voted against it because they're having some uh, CBA issues, and I think part of it has to deal with the fact that the NHL doesn't want them going to the Olympics anymore. So, like, that's cool. Don't want to do the World Cup anymore either. Then, um, so it's a it's a bummer. I do think they'll be back for the Winter Olympics. I just think the NHL didn't care about South Korea. I think the NHL will care a lot about Beijing. I mm. I will be stunned if you don't see. NHL players, with with how big the NHL wants to get in the Chinese market, um, I sure, it's a, yeah. I think it's an impossibility that they won't be at those Winter Olympics. Yeah, although the the um, the World Championship is, I mean, that's starting in a, a few weeks, isn't it? In, right, uh, right, right, right. But so the the I the double IHF World Championships mm. is different than the World Cup. Um, the hockey's not going to do the World Cup anymore, but the World Championships still happen every summer. Ovechkin never usually plays in them because he's usually in the playoffs, doing playoff things. And winning it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's hope they got knocked out. <laughs> um, yes, so um, no, that, that's all for the, for the Russian players. Um, we just oh. stumbled, stumbled upon that and thought it was quite interesting. Uh, but we've got a tradition on this podcast um, to give a, a Russian phrase for um, just to see us out. Mm. Uh, um, so yeah, at the hockey match, um, one of the things that you'll hear people shouting uh, in the stands is "shy boo, shy boo," which means like hit the puck. Shy boo, shy boo. Yeah. So just shy boo. Yeah, shy oh. boo. Interesting. <laughs> in in the in the states, whenever we want to say. Uh, 
anything Russia related, we always just start the sentence off with in in Mother Russia, and it usually goes along the lines of like uh, it's it's never flattering. So it's like um, if if you're talking about someone having too much to drink one night, it's like in Mother Russia the drink has too much of you. Ah, that was an old, like, there was a stand-up comic, um, like, in the 70s and 80s, and he was massive, um, Yakov Smirnov, and he did this um, stereotypical Russian uh, uh, kind of stand-up. He'd say, uh, you know, in America, you, t- you go out on a Saturday night, you try to find party. In Soviet Russia, party find you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of thing. Like, <laughs> and that that is still alive and well here in the states. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That that, that routine was must have he must have died off with the the Soviet Union. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, are you are you feeling confident enough to try a more challenging one? Like, if you ever meet any Russian hockey fans, and if you come out with this one, uh, I think they'd definitely be amazed. This one's great. Um, that that they love to shout this, and they say that um. Cowards don't play hockey, and the word for a coward is truce. Truce. So yeah, and uh, so cowards don't play hockey. So what do we got? We got truce, truce, nay, eat, riot, f hockey. Yeah, truce, nay, eat, riot for hockey. Truce, nay, riot for f hockey. The the f is just a f. <laughs> Did I say F? Did I say F? Jesus. <laughs> that, man, Russia... You want to know why the Russians lost the Cold War? It's because their language is just too fucking complicated. <laughs> I'm sure that any Russian would tell you that um, English ain't too easy. <laughs> well, that's, that's how we got into this entire mess in the first place, then. Just agree to disagree. Uh, yeah, just don't talk to each other. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, truth ne great hockey. Right. Yeah. You, you asked me to come up with one for uh, to, for um, one particular uh, yes. podcast. Yes. Okay. This might be easier. It's longer, but it might be easier. Oh. Longer, but it might be easier. Right. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> I just pronounced as F. My, I was Ray. I was I was right there with you, man. <laughs> it it was just an F. It wasn't a F. There was no U H yeah. after the F. I think that's no, yeah, exactly. bad phonetics. Yeah, I was just F. I blame I blame Kevin for that one. Yeah, it's just phonetic writing. All right, so this one you've got. At Riff Sini Rubashnikov. At Riff Sini Rubashnikov. At Riff Sini Rubashnikov. Yes, that's the Blue Shirts breakaway. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm going to make Ryan say that yes. on this week's podcast. You should definitely do that. I was, yeah, Ryan would be perfect for this. Yeah, he'd be perfect, he'd be perfect for it because it's going to... The entire hour and a half we end up talking will him just be trying to say this one Russian phrase. <laughs> oh, so I want to hear that. At Riff. Добрый день, меня зовут Грег Каплин. Добро пожаловать в отрыв сеньору Басичников. Oh my God! I think shit out of all your listeners. I, I, I legit think I think Ryan would die. Like I think I'd watch his brain explode trying to read Russian. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm gonna have to write that down, Kev. 
you have been taken over by Russian fake propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm guessing that is it for your Russian phrases. I'm <laughs> hoping that's it for your Russian phrases. That's more than it for my Russian phrases. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Greg. Um, to all our listeners, all three of you, um, <laughs> give Blue Shirts Breakaway a listen. It's, it's amazing. It's like my personal favourite show. Um, since since the Rangers lost in the playoffs um, to, to the Senators, I think it was 2017 playoffs, wasn't it? I haven't missed an episode. Um, it's always consistent, always producing the bonus episodes as and when like major news is announced. And you and Ryan are brilliant as well. I think you're, you're pretty much the reason why I wanted to do a podcast. Oh, um, that's, that's far too kind. You're, no, it we is. Are... I mean, I, I, yeah, just like listening to you, I thought, you know, I really want to give this a go. And... I, like, I told you guys about it, and you were so helpful. And then I, I, I just asked Ryan for like help on how to edit, and he sent me a like a, a video, a tutorial video on how to do it. And it was overwhelmed. And like, when you guys came over to visit as well, and you picked up the bill for dinner, I will not forget that. And you know, the next time I'm in New York, <laughs> I'm going to repay you. Don't worry. Oh well, see now, jo- jokes on you. I you need to know how much more expensive New York is from Southampton. <laughs> so. That that's a very dangerous uh, dangerous game you're playing there, and you know <laughs> I'm going to take on you. Yeah, Matthew Dees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's a really fun time, and uh, honestly, getting to meet people like you, Ray, and people who are Ranger fans from parts unknown. It it's been a trip. It's it's been it's been really fun. And yes, the season's over, but actually, the silly season is just starting with the off season. Uh, the Rangers yeah. got the number two overall pick in the draft, so we have a lot of a lot of fun things on the horizon for us that involve potentially, once again, maybe possibly playoff hockey next year. So it, it's going to be a, some 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 fun this summer. Uh, it, absolutely, if you guys want to get into hockey, or if you guys want to get into baseball, because I end up just talking a lot about the Mets. Actually, the I was going to anyway. talk about Jason Vargas. I don't want to talk about Jason <laughs> Vargas, Ray. I, I have no interest. He is, uh, he, let's see. He is the Wesley Hoot of pitchers. Oh, just, just fucking terrible. <laughs> um, I have a few, you know, just quick fire questions for you. Hit me. Um, who wins the Masters? Does Tiger get it done? Um, I mean, where we sit right now, Molinari's got a three-stroke lead. Oh. Uh, Tiger's bogey back-to-back holes. Shit. Uh, I'm gonna. That's I, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Molinari. I don't like it. I think it's a very boring pick, but. Uh, mm. Look, if, if Tiger ever wins another Masters, I think the next day U.S. will just shut down. It's just going to be a party. Yeah, I'm gutted. I thought he had a chance last night. I thought he was going to do it. Yeah, um, he, he was he was rolling early, but the last two holes here, he's gone bogey-bogey, and he's fallen three strokes back. How far is he in? Uh, they're still on the front nine, luckily, so okay. there's still time to be made. Okay, that's cool. There's always shots to pick up on the 13th. Yeah, but the, the real problem is I think there's rain in the forecast, so oh, they're trying to... No. Uh, it might be a start and stop kind of thing. Oh no! Um, who wins the Stanley Cup? Ooh, well, uh, this, you asked me this at the beginning of the week. I would have told you the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, mm. but they're now down two zero. The team that's playing the best hockey right now, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go off brand. I'll say, I'll say the Golden Knights. I think Vegas. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. One one now, isn't it? Um, when I did my bracket, I picked Bruins, and I'm going to stay by it. I just think that Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand line is just incredible. And it's probably the best line in hockey. It's yeah. incredible. 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to go for that. Um, NBA, who's going to win that? Is anyone stopping the Warriors? No, nah, no one's stopping the Warriors. Until okay, someone so actually stops the Warriors, no one's going to stop the Warriors. So do the Bucks get to the, from the East? I do think it'll be a Bucks warriors final. I just think the Warriors are going to steamroll them. Yeah, okay. That's about it then. Thank well, you very much, Greg. Hey, no problem, boys. Massive thank you for doing this. It's, it's, it's amazing. It, the pleasure is all mine. It was very nice of you guys to have me on. Anytime you guys want to talk Saints, I'm a very easy man to find. Yes, brilliant. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Hey, please do. Can't wait. Okay, and on that note, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.